Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Super Mario Run means Mario's exclusivity to Nintendo platforms is over, and I feel fine. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? I'm going great, Mark. How are you? I'm doing really well. Yeah, we're in good spirits. We're this in evening. really good spirits this evening. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it was because before we started recording, we were talking about our favorite underwear. Yeah, that's right. We had actually a good conversation about uh, rationing out like the good underwear and wearing bad underwear like earlier in the week. Yeah, or like days you don't care about, right? Where it's just like, oh, I'm not doing anything special today. I'm just going to wear like my old tired underwear versus the example I gave was like, oh, I'm going to Disneyland. I'm going to set out my good underwear. Now, okay, so we broke this down a little bit before, but you said, uh, we, we were saying that you can wear underwear as like a good underwear as like a confidence booster. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that you need a confidence boost at no, going no, to no. Disney? I feel like good underwear has many uses. It's okay. like, yeah, it's great for like job interviews or something where you do need a inter- uh, confidence boost. But I also think it's just like, do you know what? Today's a special day. I want to be You just want to like, feel good. I want to feel good. I want to be yeah. my most like comfortable. Um, I mean, I wear my, on Mondays, when we're recording this, I wear my good underwear. Oh, that's, I, honestly, I don't know what underwear I'm wearing right now. I mean, I couldn't tell you, like, specifically, but I just, but I have, like, in my drawer, there's, like, good underwear and there's bad underwear, and I definitely pulled from the good underwear today. (laughs) Do you know, off the top of your head, how many good pairs of underwear you have? Uh, I went, like, a, a little bit ago where I, for some reason, was just like, didn't do laundry. And so my solution was, in when I ran out of underwear, was to purchase right. more underwear. Did you purchase the good underwear or the bad underwear? The good, good, yeah. good, good. Um, and wait, what was your question? I can't even remember. My question was, do you know offhand how many good pairs of oh, underwear you Oh, oh, oh. So I have like uh, more good underwear than if you'd asked me like a little bit ago. I, I would I have probably... I'm asking for... Cold hard numbers here. Mark. I think I think I've like I think I have ten days of good underwear. Wow, and another six of bad. I I think I have that reversed. Okay, I have six days of. I don't know why we're saying days. Six pairs <laughs> of good underwear. Days implies that uh, like I have three pairs of underwear and I wear them for two days each, or like I have twelve pairs of underwear but I need a change in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, uh, weather report? Uh, like cold? Yeah. Like uh, at night, I yes. think it gets like cold where everybody would agree it's cold. It's not just like LA cold. There was frost. Yeah. And I understand the rest of the country has been plunged into a polar vortex, the likes <laughs> of which we can't possibly understand from our, uh, uh, I was going to say ivory tower, but that's not right. <laughs> that's like if we were super educated. <laughs> right. And we're not. <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're moderately educated. We're moderately educated. Right. Bachelor's degrees. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, yeah. But it, it's like, it gets cold 
at night, but it's still like LA warm during the day. So it's like 60. Yeah, and sunny. Yeah, so you have like a hoodie and you're fine. But at night, oh, it's been like bitter cold at night. Like in a way that, yes. again, like anybody could agree that it's cold, not you know. Also windy. It was oh. very windy on Friday night. Just, and the thing, if you don't live in LA, you don't understand is that uh, nothing is insulated. That's right. No apartment is insulated because they're like, it's LA. Especially, you, yeah, I live, you I want live to in, feel the outside all the time. I live in an old building, so mm-hmm. it's a, definitely not insulated. Yeah. So, like, if when it's windy, there's just like, just like a dirt, just like, you know, like gets in under <laughs> just the like window. Gusts still. of it. Yeah. And so, when it's cold and windy, you like, you, if you're sitting near, ne- next to a window, you can feel it. Right. It's a chill right to your bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a newer building that I live in and that we record in. Um, All right. We get but, it. Uh, no, but I'm saying this this giant luxurious window <laughs> lets in a lot, of, a lot of heat escapes. A lot of cold gets in. Mark, let's debug last week's episode. All right. We, so, th- you know, we were thinking it, be, it might be a mistake-a-rama. I, I don't think it was. No. I think we made a precious few mistakes. Uh, point one here is just a clarification. We were talking about um, Super Mario Brothers 3 and how you were using the save feature on the NES Classic. Right. I'd created this like elaborate fantasy in my head that <laughs> originally you could only save after like the um, the castles, the or, castles the yeah. or the airships. And I informed you there was no such save feature in in the original release. That is true. We didn't know whether there was a save feature on uh, the Game Boy Advance version, which is also known as Super Mario or Super Mario Advanced Four. There is a save feature. It can save after every level. Uh, do you know what I was? And I don't even because we were also talking about um, All Stars mm-hmm. and. It having a save feature, but I don't know that that the save feature was limited in the way that I've been limiting myself. It might you might also be able to save after everyone. I might be thinking of Super Mario World, and that is definitely true of Super Mario World. Yeah, it was like ghost houses and castles, right? Like after you couldn't do it after like regular levels, right? But why was it called Super Mario Advance Four, Super Mario Brothers Three on the like what was the so what was released? Sure, Super Mario Advance was Super Mario Brothers Two. Okay, Super Mario. Advanced 2 was Super Mario World. Super Mario Advanced 3 was uh, Mario World 2, which is Yoshi's uh, Island. Uh-huh. Uh, and so Super Mario Advanced 4 was Mario 3. This is just the way they release them. I don't know. Like- I don't know, no, but it's it's so... Because I remember it being complicated back then. It just feels so <laughs> like, needless. Looking back on it now, it's like it They started with 2... They start yeah the first so the first game that they remade for the Game Boy Advance because these were all these were remakes like they, right they had um obviously save features and the uh graphical assets were different um so they started with two and I I don't know don't know why maybe that was a way of like bringing it to Japan or or, or something but I, like I don't never know. released the first one in this advance that's lineup. correct that's correct yeah. And then skip from two to world, and then they're like, "Well, we need to do the sequel to world, obviously." And, and then, then went back, and then went three. back into three. Yeah, great. So, I mean, Nintendo's always been marching to the beat of its own drums. So. That's right. Uh, another thing that we said we we weren't quite sure where the Demon Souls IP rests right now. We thought maybe with Bando Namkai, it's with Atlas. Um, oh. And then and fi- you also said, did you just say? 
Namco Bandai? Just now? Oh, do you know what? Ignore me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had confusion about how to say Bandai Namco's name. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And let's just assume that we have it right now. I you I think you got it right. Yeah. Uh, I I also asserted that my least favorite uh, Christmas song was Santa Baby, which is still a good choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna stand by that. But my real least favorite Christmas song is a recent edition uh, from the Trans Siberian Orchestra called Christmas Canon. Do you know this song, Mark? No. So it, well, I actually, I can't recall it off the top of my head. I firmly believe that I've probably heard it before because I've been a, a, to a mall at Christmas time. Right. It so it uses the Pachelbel's Canon, the like wedding mm-hmm. music, and adds children singing. I'm gonna oh. play. I know. I know. I hate that we're doing this, but I'm gonna play a little bit of it right now. Okay. Is this the wedding music? I mean, oh, it's, I th- it's using it directly. But not the wedding march. No. Oh, okay, okay. It's a common, like, processional thing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The video... This doesn't seem so bad so makes far. It even, well, just wait. Okay. Do you hate it because it's a million years long? I, I mean, yes, of course. But I also hate it. First of all, it just skips around in the canon <laughs> with no regard for how a canon builds on itself. Like, the novelty of the canon is tossed right out the window. Oh, boo. Are these words that they just, like, made up for this? I, I mean, I don't know. It's The, the canon has no words. Oh, okay. It's a, a, a string piece exclusively. All right, that's a minute and a half. I don't <laughs> Wait, that's so long. <laughs> so, it's so bad. And I just, I, every, every time I hear it, which is not often, like, I don't hear it in the wild often. Um, but there was one Christmas where I heard it like 10 times and it, I, my head just about exploded. So, um, is it a song like to your parents? Are your parents really into Trans Siberian Orchestra? No. Okay. No, and I, I don't even think uh, this dates back to, um, you know, me living in my parents' house in, around Christmas. So mm-hmm. um, just, a, just a real bad song. And I will assert that, that is my real least favorite Christmas song. Mark, what have you been playing? Uh, Super Mario Run. Yeah, me too. So we are going to uh, do a, an in-depth, like a review discussion. Yeah, topic of the week. Oh, the week. Uh, so we won't talk more about how much Super Mario Run we've played, mm-hmm. or whether we love it or hate it. Yeah, like it, love it, gotta have it. Suffice it to say, I've been playing it. Right, as have I. Uh, what else? have you been playing? Anything else? I've been uh, chipping away at Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Last week you were in the first world, so and just now been playing it for a I bit. have finished the second world. Nice. <clears throat> um, my uh day job had we we had our company um Christmas party on Friday last week. Um, and I came home kind of drunk and played my way through the the second world. I don't think the game has so many 
um, collectibles in each in each level, um, and the levels are hard enough as it is that uh, like I'm just I'm just happy to get to the end of them. Uh, I, I will never max out this game. Like I probably won't even ever get everything in the first world. Um, there's just so much, so much there. But I'm I'm enjoying playing it. Uh, what is like the theme? I guess for lack of a better word, of the first world, and what's the theme of the second one i don't even think i can identify them oh okay because i just didn't know if it was like donkey kong country the first one where it's like this is the ice level this is the industrial level i think those are yeah those are a lot more clear in the original trilogy than they are in the return series uh do they have rain levels in tropical freeze those are my favorite Uh, video game i don't think i've encountered a rain one yet also haven't encountered the uh did you play the original donkey kong country returns yeah um it would do those cool like sunset levels where yeah. like you see Donkey it's and like Diddy. Silhouette. And, yeah, I haven't encountered one of those yet. Um which is so cool. It looks like an iPhone commercial from <laughs> like ten years ago. <laughs> but every every level is not frozen. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, the Donkey Kong Island, or it's like an archipelago in this because each world is a different island, um, is uh being taken over by malicious penguins of some kind. Oh, that's great. So that they're they're the tropical freeze. Did King what is his name? Cruel? K Rule. K Rule. Yeah. He has not been in any of these, right? Uh the Returns series? Yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't think so. The um Yeah, they've and they've kind of done away with just like the the Kremlings, which are the the lizard-based bad guys. They've kind of done away with them generally in Returns. I don't really know why. I wonder if that's more of just like a rare thing and they're like yeah, I can't remember. Themselves. Like, are the bees in returns at all? Hmm. Or are basically all the weird, like, googly eye rare creations. Kind yeah, of t- t- taken out of there. I, th- I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, so I've been playing that. Expect regular updates on it because I like it. Um, Mark, I. Uh, that's it. Let's get into the news. <laughs> So, uh, NPD numbers for November were released this past week, and sales for the NES Classic Edition in the U.S. came in just under 200,000 units sold. Now, can you remind me of what the Famicom Classic sold? Uh, I think about 100,000 more than that, around 300,000. Okay. So... This tells two stories, right? Yes. I mean... Mostly that just one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think I think it potentially tells two. First, that it's just like this thing was severely undershipped. Yeah, because if for Japan itself, which is a fairly small country, mm-hmm. they shipped three hundred thousand of them because they also basically sold everything that they right. Uh, it is hard to manufacture in, in Japan. Japan. Mm-hmm. For the rest of the world. Well, these are just U.S. numbers. Yeah, but like it's been impossible to get everywhere. So sure. it's possible that they made like maybe an equal number for the rest of the world, and two hundred thousand of those were shipped to the U.S. And then the remaining, I don't know, like one, we'll say like one hundred and fifty thousand were shipped for the rest of the world. It, it, it's all insane. I like I can't believe it's not even a quarter of a million of these things that. It's so few. Like it's it's a shockingly small number. And it's possible that uh the reason Japan 
was able to sell more in November is because it's easier for Nintendo to get new units to Japan versus mm. having to ship them to like the US. Because when they do that, unless they ship it by air, which they're probably not going to do, which is because it's enormously expensive, has to go on a cargo carrier. And that cargo carrier goes across the ocean, you know, and comes to a port and then it has to be unloaded. You know, so like the, um, again, I don't. Like the supply train there. Right. Yeah. yeah it, it takes forever. Like when Apple is shipping iPhones, they ship it by air a lot of times from China where it's manufactured, where a lot of them are manufactured. And they're able to do that one because it's like enormous scale. And so they just like buy out cargo planes. Yeah. And they have the money to spend on that. Um, I don't think Nintendo... I mean, would... they're also charging $700 for a phone. Right, where Nintendo's right. charging 60 for one of these things. Yeah, I, I just don't... Like, I don't necessarily agree that this feeds into the narrative that Nintendo was artificially limiting supply. Mm -hmm. I think it more feeds into the narrative that... They had no idea what they were that doing. That they're just bad at logistics. Right. That's so sad. <laughs> well, so on that note, I mean... When this episode is released on Tuesday, December 20th, Best Buy is going to be, is getting a restock. They've been um, promoting it. So, yeah. Which so seems, they better have them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's also reports like other, like GameStops were selling, had, were selling their restocks last mm -hmm. week. And Amazon Prime Now in Select Cities was promoting it like today in LA for a brief amount of time. It was possible to order one from Amazon Prime now through like their app. Yeah. Uh, so this is like the last opportunity to get one before, before Christmas. Christmas. Uh, and, you know, like there were reports online of people lining up at Best Buys as early as noon today, which is Monday. And they were just going to like camp out. So that's people willing to wait for 22 hours. Yeah. To get their NES classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I went crazy at the beginning of this thing. I mean, comparatively, it was a breeze for you to get. Oh, yours. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. To get two. <laughs> to get two. Man, I'm hoping they become easier to get like in the cup next couple of weeks after the holiday rush is over with. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so, too. It's just, like, come January uh, 12th, we get the uh, the Switch reveal thing, um, and I feel like Nintendo's messaging is going to just have to shift over to that entirely. Yeah, and I mean, again, like, I don't really know how much... Yeah, like, Nintendo definitely left money on the table here, but I don't really know how much they want to keep manufacturing these. Sure. Uh. But I would like to pick up at least one or two more um, to give to people. Yeah. So. I, I was really hoping to like just Santa around with these things. Yeah, just, it would have been so great. And you get an NES classic and you get an NES classic. Yeah. I guess it's really more of an Oprah thing than a Santa thing. <laughs> I guess, ho, ho, ho. Look, I mean, oh, I, I, think yeah, everyone, line. I think everyone would agree that Oprah is the Santa of our time. I think that's right. Yeah. Or of at least five years ago. <laughs> Maybe 15 at this point. Uh, so GameStop ran a survey of customers in its Power Up Rewards program to ask what retro consoles they're interested in. And the Nintendo 64 took the top spot uh, over yeah. everything else. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the like retro gaming community in general um, sort of orbits around the 16-bit era, right? Like that sort of 
what we hold as like the the golden pinnacle of retro gaming. Yeah, I mean, we've talked on this show when we were doing the first part of our hardware roundup about the N64 mm-hmm. and how it definitely has some great like you know like great games but not a lot of them oh yeah it would be so hard for us to come up with an n64 like a list of 30 that would be so hard but i think that we are um old yeah i think (laughs) old tired boring basically like the for both of us i think for both of us like Mm -hmm. the nes was our our first system that's right and so our second system which is kind of like you would be happening in our most formative years was the super nintendo Mm -hmm. but the n64 was released in 1996 yeah so somebody now who like was born in 1996 is like 20 years old or almost 21 old enough to get drunk want (laughs) to want to nostalgically play video games they grew up with yeah that would be their that's their equivalent of the nes yeah and then we our age also has fond memories of the n64 maybe not like our favorite console mm-hmm. but you know we've talked about the games we really like on it so i guess it makes sense to me that the n64 is kind of like that uh for the current point in time that like inflection point yeah that makes sense and i think that that 20 years i think that's uh that's pretty perfect for that i think i may have mentioned this before but when um i repurchased a um, nintendo 64 when i was living in chicago um from this uh independent games re, uh, store <clears throat> called people play games it's a great little store in chicago um and as i was walking back you know it was like maybe a, a two mile walk back to my apartment um just carrying this <laughs> this box of a uh, nintendo 64 i was stopped by more strangers than i've ever been stopped by in chicago um just people excited to talk about the nintendo 64 that i was carrying yeah it's i mean it's that's, a weird that's unifier. so cool yeah, yeah like but of that same era, like the PlayStation was so much more, so much better, and so well, much more ubiquitous. It, and yeah, more ubiquitous. If nothing else, it also had like the franchises on it that I feel like are relevant today, like Tomb Raider and Resident Evil, right, and, and like Final Fantasy. Final VII. Fantasy. I mean, yeah. whether Final Fantasy is relevant anymore to, but you know, like, yeah, I mean, fifteen sold a lot. Like, it's I, I feel like it, it's at least sort of relevant today. Uh. Yeah, so it's just interesting to me that the N64, but I mean, it also makes sense to me in the sense that like, yeah, the PlayStation was ubiquitous, Mm -hmm. but, and yeah, like Tomb Raider exists today, but the franchises that have really staying, have like real staying power are the ones that we are talking about right now, like Mario, Zelda, you know? That's the end of the list though. (laughs) (laughs) Donkey Kong, you okay. know, they're like, and like Banjo-Kazooie, like mm-hmm. these are the games that maybe aren't on Nintendo platforms anymore uh, or are Nintendo first party, but, you know, those no, are a lot true. of the ones and, that, and like, GoldenEye, uh, yeah, Mario Golden Kart, Eye. you know, just like that kind of stuff. I think GoldenEye for sure. Um, and yeah, you know, also just thinking about like how um, ukulele is, uh, people are hyped about that game and that's basically. And coming to Switch. Yeah, and coming to Switch. Um, that's basically a new banjo kazooie. So yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's just the time is right for that. Yeah. Uh, so despite being downloaded over ten million times and an estimated four million in revenue day one, uh, Super Mario Run is being blamed for a dip in Nintendo stock valuation this week. In fact, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal today calling saying it was like a disappointment. Yeah. And 
it's been hammered with like one star reviews and complaints about the pricing structure. Nintendo's valuation has lost about like three million. Uh, I feel like when we talk about it in our topic, when uh, when we like really dig into it, we should yeah. just talk mostly about the game itself and not really like everything surrounding it. Sure. So now is like probably a good time. You to want to talk do about that. the economics of yeah, kind of, or like in all of the stuff going on around it, like because it, again, it got like it got hammered on the app store with one star reviews, which is it's the it has more one stars one star reviews than it has any other star rating. Yeah, although one thing I noticed today is that uh, there was a update for it, mm-hmm. and because it got updated, the it's a new version of the app, so the ratings reset. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, and I noticed that um, while there are a lot of one-star ratings, there are a lot of five-star reviews, because I think a lot of people are white-knighting it a little mm-hmm. bit. Totally. To be like, I will come to the defense of... <laughs> If you value games and think games have value, then you pay your ten dollars. <laughs> now that's what a white knight sounds like, right? <laughs> now, it uh, one thing they bring up in the Wall Street Journal articles that it never reached number one in the Japanese app store for revenue for top grossing, which is interesting because it did in the U.S. Right, which is uh, and I don't know what that's because I mean. Japan is Nintendo's home market. Yeah. It, it is number one in um, downloads. Mm-hmm. And it holds that place in for downloads and top, gro- top grossing in the US and like the UK and other countries. But I, I don't know. So when we first, when it was first announced that it was just going to be $10 mm-hmm. flat fee, like I, and I still think that I, I, I like that versus yeah. like the free to play model where like Nintendo could have charged for like bubbles in sure. and like or t- toad rally t- toad tickets. rally tickets mm-hmm. you know like there's they lots of things they could make you pay for every set of toad rally tickets yeah, yeah. um or even like lives cuz there's no like live system sure. in, but they didn't and to me that's a good thing and i was happy to pay $10 with the idea that it would be worth, like, there would be enough content right, to uh, justify the price. And that you would never have to throw more money at it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I've never, I have never been into Clash of Clans or mm-hmm. anything like that that has, like, time, or Candy Crush that has timers and, or, like, the right. option to buy more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, clearly, the vast majority of people apparent or the vocal right majority seem to disagree with that well and it, it's interesting that that is also um obviously a uh like in, just in in terms of business and like the economics of getting money out of this thing that that's one of the things that frightens investors by it is that like it seems like that four million dollars that there's a period at, at the end of that that everyone who's going to sink any money into it has already and even people who are playing it a lot like myself, um, are not going to have an opportunity to put more money into it. Like, um, it eliminates the concept of a whale. You know, like, you can't find the, you know, 18 crazy people who are going to spend thousands of dollars on it. Um, Because even, it doesn't matter how crazy you are, you're stopping at 10. Um, And I, I, yeah, and that is a problem that investors have with it. mm -hmm. 
Uh, and that's kind of like so when Nintendo first announced like two years ago at this point that they were going that they were going to release mobile games, their stock like shot up. Right. And uh, now that Super Mario Run has been released, their stock dropped. And I think part of that is that Nintendo's mobile strategy and what investors want Nintendo's mobile strategy to be are at odds with each other mm-hmm. because uh investors want their mobile strategy to be like clash of clans or like these like evergreen where they yeah. are forever going to be getting or like pokemon go like forever getting revenue from people well, purchasing that's, upgrades and new items and stuff like that that's the other thing is that expectations are like totally out the window here because pokemon go was a phenomenon and continues to be one of the top three grossing apps on the app store always right right um which is which isn't a success it's a runaway success like it's an insane success um, and it doesn't like to say like, oh yeah, Mario just needs to be as good as well, one of the most successful things ever. <laughs> like that, that's a crazy expectation. But that's what, but I agree. I a hundred percent agree, but that's what investors want. They want yeah. these like, oh, okay, great. And we don't want $4 million today. We want $4 million a day forever. And Nintendo right. is not $4 billion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Justin. <laughs> You're welcome, uh, J- Jesse. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Eisenberg? Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Garfield. Who? Which? Which character? Who? <laughs> um, <laughs> which bit of the Facebook movie are we doing? But Nintendo's not it. Not that is not how they're viewing mobile. They are not really viewing mobile as a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Like it is not uh, that it's not their primary goal. They're viewing it as a marketing platform, and uh. So what they want is people to purchase. There's a reason Super Mario Run is not a full Mario game. Right. You know, they want people to be like, oh, right, Mario. I love these games. Uh, and then... This is quick and fun, and everyone I know is talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and then, oh, I love Mario games. This gave me a taste. And so now I'm going to purchase a, con- a Nintendo console mm-hmm. and a Mario game for the Nintendo console. So they're looking at this as a marketing platform for th- what they really care about, which is their video game business like their home video game right their hardware and even selling the software on that hardware yeah obviously they get a bigger piece of than someone spending 10 bucks on the apple store right and with pokemon go we've seen that that uh worked itself into a frenzy that lifted all pokemon boats including uh sun and moon and nintendo 3ds hardware which is impossible to find now. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, and so will a similar thing. I, so their goal is for a similar thing to happen with Super Mario Brothers. And one thing that's interesting, anecdotal, who really knows, is that new Super Mario Brothers for the Wii yeah. re-popped up in Amazon's top 100 video games after Super Mario One was, Run was released. Oh, that's crazy. And, I had not read that. Yeah. And initially I was like, oh, like for the Wii, that's weird. But it's not really when there's like 100 million of those sitting around. Right. Versus Wii U's where there's, you know, like 12 million worldwide. Yeah. So it makes sense that somebody who was interested in Mario again after Super Mario Run would be like, oh, hey, I have a Wii that's been just sitting around and I can get this new Super Mario Brothers Wii for like, 20 bucks new you know you could for like dirt cheap used yeah. that's crazy because that game sold really well in the first place it's the i believe the best-selling mario game um which is outrageous like it's <laughs> that like mario 3 mario world super mario brothers get out of here i mean just purely install base it makes sense yeah. and it was the first like console side-scrolling 2d mario game yeah in a long time in a super long mm-hmm. time 
Um, and we've talked about before how the like the side-scrolling ones are so much easier for people to play like yeah. every generation because 3d gaming is complex yeah absolutely there's a camera to contend with you've got like a weird stick to control <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so uh so yeah so you know it's early it's anecdotal but that part of their strategy seems to have had some effect for new super mario brothers we to show back up in the amazon top 100 that, um, that's uh it, it's really interesting and um it's a. Uh, it's weird to me how much like negativity there is surrounding, um, surrounding the game, but uh, I, not not in like my personal experience. Um, most of the negativity I'm seeing about it is online, right? Um, and I, I mean most uh most uh, like websites and review outlets were pretty generous and like it, it got high scores and stuff. Not like blow you away, but like it's a you know, it's a it's a mobile game. I don't know what Nintendo could have done differently. Yeah, either charge like six dollars up front, or like even ten dollars, like charge it up front instead of having it be free to download and ten dollars to unlock the rest of it. Because in my, they have to have been they have to be taken aback by this reaction. Because, well, not because I was, but I certainly was taken <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> What's is is Mark surprised? <laughs> Mark surprised. <laughs> they don't. Uh, I mean, I was cer- I was certainly surprised by this reaction. I thought that having the first few levels be free and then ten dollars to unlock all of it mm-hmm. was a smart way to do it. it. Was like a great way to do it. Uh, I don't know what else they could. If this is what the pricing model they wanted, either I guess charge ten dollars up front, or or charge like two bucks per world or something yeah, or like free or or i guess do the free to play model and nintendo it sounds like they've hinted that animal crossing and fire emblem they were planning on the same yeah like one price for everything up front and maybe this will make them i you know rethink that maybe i still feel like it's early right the game has totally. been out for five days and we genuinely don't i mean every all these uh like downloaded 10 million times estimated 4 million in revenue this is that's pure, day one and this is pure guesswork yeah like nobody actually knows uh how how it's done right so and it's been in the top grossing you know like for since it was released it's been the top grossing in the u.s store since it's been released so i think it's doing fine right like from a pure like revenue standpoint also everyone's about to head home for christmas right so like everyone's about to show their parents their sisters, their brothers, they're about to show everyone Super Mario Run. Like, it, this happened when, when the Wii came out, you know, that it came out over Thanksgiving, and then, like, you brought it home to your parents, and then everyone wanted one. But the difference here is that everyone will be able to download it immediately. The, yeah, the economic viability of it, I am not, like, worried about. Or what... Also, I, how much could this game possibly have cost to, to right. make? Not four million dollars, right? It doesn't seem like it. So, but so yeah, like the immediate like ramifications of it don't can I don't think concern mm-hmm. Nintendo, and but the reaction to it has to kind of take them aback, yeah. right? They have to kind of be surprised at because it can't be good for word of mouth. Sure. Well, right. I, mean, I, I think I think there's a lot of. Um, sort of for as much excitement as there is around nintendo right now there is like 
a little like bubbling hostility about not being able to buy things. Um, and then I guess also having to pay money to, <laughs> to buy things. <laughs> Internet. Uh, Mark, let's let's get off of this or we'll never stop okay. talking about it. Uh, well, okay. Actually, um, just to jump around a little bit, because it kind of like this idea of like bubbling hostility mm-hmm. um, kind of feeds into it. So today, Digital Foundry uh, shared what they are claiming to be, and there's no reason to believe this isn't true. So I'm just saying that they're claiming to be because it has a, it's not official. Sure. But they're claiming that the final Switch CPU and GPU, uh, what they, they shared what they're claiming to be the final Switch CPU and GPU clock speeds. Uh-huh. And you should go out and re- like read this if you're interested because it means nothing to me. Right. right? Like the actual like it's clock speeds. Techie like, gibberish. Yeah, like gigahertz and all that kind of stuff. Like it, means, <laughs> it, like, it doesn't mean anything to me. So I'm not going to try to uh, make sense of it here. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically what it boils down to seemingly is what we've thought it was all along. Uh, is It's not as powerful as the PS4 mm-hmm. and seems to be about two to three times more powerful than the Wii U. This is what like Eurogamer was saying back in July. Sure. So this should not be a surprise to anybody. What is also not a surprise is that the internet reacted very negatively to this news. Right. Uh, and because it isn't the like super powered console that some people had built up in their head. That yeah. Nintendo was going like some like bleeding edge. It's just that's just never been a Nintendo. Not I guess not never, but it's just, it's just not a Nintendo priority. No, and especially like in the handheld form factor. Yeah, it's like what could you have possibly been expecting? And so, but yeah, so there's that like, it's weird. It reminds me of leading up to the Wii U when it was still called like Project Cafe or something, mm-hmm. and like the rumors were just off the wall bonkers but people were like hyping themselves up by these like rumors that they all turned out to be just complete garbage right but people had like hyped themselves up into believing like that that's what the wii u was that when it was actually announced and look the announcement was not a great like rollout right i mean the the wii u is a story of muddled messages (laughs) but um but people had worked themselves up into such like a frenzy that the backlash was insane and it's like that's nobody's fault but their own yeah for having unrealistic expectations and i kind of feel like the same thing happened here where it's like anybody who is paying attention this news should not be surprising to you and also think about what you're angry about which is a handheld that will be at like more they'll be better than the wii u and when you dock it will be like three times better than the wii u yeah, and you're mad that that's not as powerful as the box that sits under your TV that runs hot and loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. We live in the real world. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's 2016, almost 17, but it's not, you know, we're not the Jetsons yet. Yeah. We'll be the Jetsons someday. Yeah. We'll all go to work for 45 minutes a day. We'll go in and we'll push a button that starts the factory. We will fold our car into a (laughs) briefcase. Does he only work for 45 minutes a day? Something like that, So what's like Mr. Sprockets all mad about? Mad about all the time. (laughs) I mean, uh, because George is frequently late because uh, he doesn't understand how um, traffic works. 
in three-dimensional space, which I can understand. I don't get it. But you always get stuck in traffic jams. I am... The Jetsons always kind of... This is a sidebar. Oh, all right. All right. Let's but get, the Jetsons get always, into one of these. The Jetsons always kind of annoyed me because it's like... They like lit- recognize your privilege. They or? literally no. Well, okay, or hot take, hot take coming through. <laughs> but no, I mean, they literally just took the template of the Flintstones and were like, right, right, right. But instead of being the pre like prehistory, we're going to make it in Post the history? future. <laughs> in the future, are we? Uh, are we living in a post historic post history age right now? No, we don't have three D traffic. Oh, okay. <laughs> this isn't West World. We can't fold our tablets into our tiny pockets. Hey, no spoilers. <laughs> I'm only three episodes into West World. You've seen the tablets. Okay. <laughs> uh, in better Switch news, Dragon Quest XI was reconfirmed for the Switch. Um, we pretty much knew it was coming. They had mentioned that they were, like, way back when Dragon Quest XI was announced, they had mentioned that it was, like, being considered for the NX. So, but we basically always knew it was coming. But Welcome, it's, it's Dragon Quest 11. I'm super excited. There's two versions of Dragon Quest. It's also coming to the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So there's like two versions of Dragon Quest 11. There's one that's like an Unreal 4, I think. So it looks um, uh, like a modern video game. Mm-hmm. And the 3DS version uh, has, you know, more like the 16-bit look and then also has the, uh, I believe on like the bottom screen, that has like the more classic like 16-bit yeah. look and then the main screen is the more modern looking version sure for just like battle animation i, I believe or? so and we don't, we're not really sure which version of the game is coming to uh the switch but it's gonna be a big game yeah especially in japan and so. i'm you know very excited for any dragon quest so hopefully we get it in the west and also i i will uh kind of like a fall, uh last note on the um specs for the Wii for the switch is just to say that if we believe the other rumors and plus everything we've seen so far like skyrim and stuff like that uh that it's easy to port current games to Mm -hmm. the switch the specs can't be that bad that's a good point i mean skyrim is a playstation 3 yeah that's true game. but not like the remastered version sure and uh, the rumor is dark souls 3 that right. was also running on it week. Mm-hmm. and again one of the earliest rumors was that it was easy for the, basically what i'm saying is there's a lot more to hardware than just numbers yeah so you know it'll remain to be seen what nintendo has done right uh but it won't be too long until we actually get a look at it we're like three weeks away from the reveal Man, and then the switch will be going it's so on a, soon. I know, and then the switch will be going on a tour across the country, uh, before the launch in March. So each stop of the tour is like three days long. The first two days are invite invitees only, mm-hmm. so press. But they've uh, Nintendo was also send, sending some my Nintendo members. Yeah, some my yeah. Nintendo members have been getting a invitation, and then the third okay, day Mark, Mark, will be open Mark, to the public. Mark, mm-hmm. don't hold out on me, okay. <laughs> If you if you got one of these invitations, I I can't answer that you, question. You have to tell me. No, I'm, you, I'm, you have to. I don't have to. Mark, if I got one, I would tell you. It's a free country. I don't have to tell you. I it, I've never felt <laughs> as betrayed <laughs> as I do right now. I would tell you. Oh, okay, thank big you, big baby. <laughs> uh, the schedules the schedules as follows: like uh, January thirteenth to fifteenth in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be right after the 
reveal. The, the day after. Um, Toronto, a little later in January. I'm not going to go through specific dates, mm-hmm. but like Washington, D.C., and Chicago and, and San Francisco in February, and then hitting up Los Angeles uh, in March. Really? Know, just a couple of weeks before yeah. the Switch is uh, released. Really uh, sticking it to the flyover stand. <laughs> <laughs> east Coast, East Coast, East Coast, Chicago, California. <laughs> uh, I... I Almost so the um the free day not free day that's not right but the the open to the public day yeah in L A um March fifth the thing will be out like a week later yeah a week I'm or al- two <laughs> I'm, al- I'm almost like do, do I even want to I don't want to stand in line right? yeah that's it's gonna right. be an, like an awful line <sighs> do we know where that's happening no they haven't said yet uh, they said all that will be released later what if it's like uh somewhere we go all the time what if it's at like the ArcLight. That will be even worse because tons of people will already be there. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be at like the convention center or sure. Staples Center or like something like that, you know? Ugh. Um, I'm not going downtown. <laughs> oh, very LA of you. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So a bunch of patents were filed for uh, the Nintendo Switch. Yes. And I'm sure they were filed before this, but they became publicly available last week. And one of them shows like a vr style headset where you can like Like google cardboard style yeah but you would slot the nintendo switch uh in where like a phone would go on google cardboard which is insane to me because the switch i mean looks big (laughs) yeah you know like bigger than a phone right so like putting that it's like putting the wii u tablet in a VR headset? Yeah, no, I mean, I've done that. I've, <laughs> I've taped it to my face before. And also the resolution of the... Basically, uh, I don't think this is going to be a launch feature. I don't even, I don't even sure. know that it's going to be a thing. Nintendo mm-hmm. has not really shown a lot of interest in VR. I think they're patenting it. What? <laughs> Patent. Patent. <laughs> you you were all the way through the word and then like tacked another T on. <laughs> you were like, patenting? <laughs> no! <laughs> Patent... In it. it, yeah. Uh, for the sake of doing so, I don't expect at like the resolution that the yeah. you know tablet is supposed to be and other considerations. I don't think it'll be a thing, but it's it was it has been patented. <laughs> uh, but through the patents, other features mm-hmm. that had been rumored are pretty much seemingly confirmed. UCB chart. UC USB. There we go. Oh man, <laughs> you is this mistake, Orama? It could be like just this moment, right? Blundertopia. Here? What's <laughs> Blundertopia? It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, USB C charging seems to be confirmed. That the Joy-Con would have motion controls and rumble. Good. Seemingly confirmed. There's like an IR sensor at the bottom of the right Joy-Con. Uh, okay. The Joy Cons have shoulder buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to four. They show four people playing split screen, and they show everybody with their own Joy-Con. Yeah. So it seems like Joy-Cons will be sold separately, because they also show, like, custom customized Joy-Cons. Yeah, there's one with, like, the regular Nintendo D-Pad. Yeah, like, D- uh, and that makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine for Smash, they sell, like, GameCube? Oh, no. You know, like, Joy-Cons. Uh, a record button that will probably act as, like, a share button. So... Uh, pretty much everything we oh a touch screen. So pretty much everything we thought that the switch would have, it looks like it's going to have. 
Uh, that's all very exciting. Mark, um, I don't think we pulled new releases for this week. Are there any new releases coming out this week? Uh, we're I, derelicts in our duties here. <laughs> I totally forgot. I forgot new releases were even a thing. I don't think there is. I think it's too close to Christmas. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's right. Mark, let's move out of the news. Now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all related to Nintendo, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, I'm starting the recording of uh, 4 minutes and 33 seconds right now some applause up front we don't always get that thank you uh let's talk about since it people are heading home for the holidays like we said let's talk about christmas movies and our relationship to them uh how how, how you like them christmas movies muppet christmas carol i will put up with uh the best christmas movies uh just uh best christmas movies period or like the best um Christmas Carol. Yeah, I'll, I'll say period. Uh, there was a animated, um, like, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I, I remember really liking that one. Um, and for a long time, that was just what I had in my head as what Christmas Carol was. A lot of the Christmas Carol movies are so boring. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... It, they're all based on a play, which is too long. Is it a play? I yeah. thought it was... A, I, I, I was in it. No, no, no. I I, I was in the play, Mark. <laughs> look, look, look. I know a Christmas Carol is a play. I believe you are incorrect in that that was its original form. It was I see, a Charles I see, Dickens, I see. you know, like short story in, or uh, what do they call that? Where it's like serialized, yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. a, a serialized story that Charles Dickens wrote. I'm sure it was adapted into a play, but I don't think that was its original form. Dickens was not a playwright. No, no, no. And I agree with that, but I think uh, before it was movies, it was plays. Oh, I see. So, like, the reason it's boring is because it was, like, based I, on... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because plays... Look, <laughs> here's, here's the real hot take. Plays are boring. <laughs> Other than cats. Yeah, cats. <laughs> uh, bad in a different way. Uh, okay. Um, let's move away <laughs> from A Christmas Carol. Okay. Um... Other good, other good Christmas movies, or do you have like a, a a least favorite Christmas movie, one that you can't stand that pops up every year? I've. What are your feelings on a Christmas story? I think it's called. Yeah, so a Christmas story, I never really liked. Yeah, same. And then my senior year in high school, we did the play version of it. This is. Let me just <laughs> set the scene for you. My senior year in high school, I was an eighteen-year-old. Man, let's just say, eighteen-year-old man. Guess who I played in this play? The little kid. The little kid. I played Ralphie. I played the main kid. Uh, people love this movie. Yeah, I don't know why. So I never. I didn't. I think the first time I saw it, I was like eleven or mm-hmm. twelve. I never. I've never found it funny. Mm-hmm. It's on all the time. I think like TBS on Christmas Day just plays it for 24 hours but, straight. But this is like a cherished movie, mm-hmm. and I I don't understand. I don't think it's funny. People love that lamp. <sighs> what's what's with the lamp? I don't know. It's it's the I don't like that the movie's just like a series of unconnected stories that just have like nothing to do with anything. Yeah, and like I'm not even convinced that there's like a a message throughout. Like 
is it that you're supposed to be careful what you wish for that you shouldn't have a bb gun like but, i don't but, but that's just one anecdote in this entire in this story right yeah i mean it's it's sort of like the framework for it but is it I don't know. I don't think it is. I'm getting mad. <laughs> I am too, which is so irrational. Over <laughs> uh, Sarah was watching Home Alone uh, over the weekend. People watched that a lot of work. Yeah, been on a lot of work. It, yeah, you know, it is a Christmas movie. Everybody is so mean t- to each other in that movie. I don't understand. I was drifting in and out of paying attention because I was playing Mario Run, Super Mario Run. Um, <laughs> correct myself <laughs> you just um, don't want to debug it i don't week. <laughs> yeah that's right um every time i said mario run i meant to say <laughs> super mario run um there's the scene like right before uh kevin launches his traps for everyone um he goes to see a santa like a mall santa it's not really a mall it's like a standalone santa kiosk or something um and you know he gets santa as he's heading to his car and uh, he's like, all I want for Christmas this year is my family back. Um, and the the Santa asks no follow-up questions. <laughs> like, what is wrong with this man? <laughs> it is a like, child. What do you mean? Here's an unaccompanied child who says he wants his family back. Now, I can understand being like, oh, this kid's family was murdered. I don't want to get involved in this. <laughs> but like, j- just what do you mean? Or like, do you need help? anything but this santa if i remember correctly is also like uninterested like they're like shutting down for the night so he's like walking to his car yeah but he like entertained kevin's like i should just let you go and he's like no go ahead shoot right right like he's like no whatever i'm saying it. it's cool yeah well i mean ev- uh my boss pointed out that everybody in this movie oh well all right well, we'll never know <laughs> thank you for uh joining us for this uh edition of 433 today we were accompanied by violinist robert rescott uh mark let's move on into the topic of the week and of course that coin collecting sound means that we are going to talk about collecting coins which happens in super mario run yeah mark Let's talk about Mario Run. Downloaded it first thing. Yep. When it became available on the 15th. Mm-hmm. Did you get notified? Uh, I got notified after I downloaded it. I got it. notified like hours later. Yeah. Also, I was expecting like a push notification. <laughs> no, it was like an email yeah. from the app store yeah. being like, hey, Super Mario, like that was garbage. Yeah. If you can put U2's new record on my phone without <laughs> me knowing, you can alert me <laughs> like in the operating system <laughs> that the game I want to play is ready. Um. Yeah, so downloaded it first thing. No, we uh last week when we went to the Apple store to demo it, I came away not really loving it. Right, a little cold on it. Yeah. But I've become or as I dug into it, mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying it. I think the game gives back as much as you're willing to put into it. Like um for every like new level of investment you have in the game it meets you halfway. So like um, when I was like, oh, I'm going to get all of these pink coins. Then I had a super fun time getting all the pink coins and all the levels. And then it gives you the new goal of like, okay, purple coins. And that was super fun too. And as soon as I was like, oh, I can get into toad rally and then seeing like how many toads you had at some point over the weekend, I was like, oh, I'm going to catch up to you. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not really... We've talked before that I don't really love arcade-style games yeah. where it's just like, oh, beat your high score. And Toad Rally initially to me, I was like, 
completely uninterested in. It was stressful at first. Too, yeah. Right? I mean, I still find it stressful because I saw today you have like 1,500, 1,600 toads or something like I'm that. Over 2,000 at this point. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm at like 300. Yeah. I'm not very good at toad rally. I don't know how you've gotten, how like people get so many toads. I will share with you my secret. <laughs> okay, great. You're great. Off the air? No, I mean, just oh, okay. <laughs> keep giving your impression now. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, I still don't love playing toad rally because I find it stressful mm-hmm. because I lose toads a lot. I yeah. find myself losing a lot and that's not super fun to me. Mm-hmm. But I also find it addicting in a way that uh, like I want to keep coming back to toad rally in a way that I generally don't want to in this like in that like uh the score rush kind yeah, of, yeah score rush yeah that's a good a uh, good term for it ooh i don't know if it's oh yeah see if it's in the glossary yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly and then and then we'll find another um <laughs> keep talking yeah so i don't i don't yeah i generally don't like that kind of stuff i found myself coming back to toad rush and i don't know if that's because i buy into the nintendo aesthetic like i don't know if that like makes the difference for me yeah but uh but i have been i've been playing it a lot they also like remix the levels which i think is kind of cool in toad rush yeah like they're not like the exact level they will like change things or do things a little bit different i think that's my impression of it no, anyways. so so it is uh so in in toad rush there are like five or six different flavors of levels there's like the regular plains level there's um desert uh there's, like underground with the, yeah, baths. the cave um and then there's castle, like an airship, airship level. yeah, yeah. Um, and Ghost House, so I guess six. Um, and so each one of those levels is made up of um, like randomly selected chunks of levels that feature that topography. So like if you go to the planes level, it'll pick some of some of one one will be in there. Um, and they all you know every every single level in the tour has three different versions: the pink coin version, the purple coin version, and the black coin version. It's not just coin placement; like the actual levels are shaped differently. Enemy placement is different. So, in mixing up those pieces of you know of the two different airship levels, um, and then the different versions of both of those, that you know it becomes this insane variety of like sort of randomly generated levels but like from a very clear template that is designed you know um like it's not uh it it is i guess technically an endless runner at that point even though it ends after a minute um but it's based on those uh like carefully established designs that makes sense i feel like the staying power of super mario run will be how much do you like toad rally yeah, well, and obviously I've bought into it pretty heavily. Um, the uh, so uh, as soon as I started paying attention to what color toads you can expect um, at, at different races, um, is when I started to like really get into um, like get into it and, and do it a lot. Yeah, because you can only unlock certain items. Yes. In like what is it called? Like your town. Yeah, yeah, in in your kingdom. Yeah, in your kingdom. That's yeah, what you, they that you call need it. a certain number of each color toad. Yeah, so I haven't been able to unlock everything because like the pink or like whichever ones are yeah, more rare. Toads. Like yeah. those, I have been very elusive. So when I was like, okay, I'm gonna start like just getting as as much of this as I can, um, is when I was like, when I started to forsake all courses except the uh, airship courses because oh. the airship brings one of each color. So like red, blue, purple, green, 
and yellow. They all show up to that one. Um, and the only other way to get purples are in the ghost house levels, which are a weird fit for, for Toad Rush, Toad Rally. <laughs> it's a score rush, Toad Rally. And none <laughs> of this is score rush in there? It is not. Uh, so, But it's a wiki, so we can always put it in ourselves. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you also, I refuse to edit wikis. Even uh, when I find something that I know is incorrect. Yeah. I'm just like, no. I, I also, like, I'm a taker, not a, like, when That's it comes right. to internet consumption. Like, I don't really give back. Like, I don't have a Yelp account. I use Yelp, but right. I don't add my own uh, scores to it. I don't review stuff on Amazon. So how, how do you feel you have this podcast? Yeah. You don't think we're... This is, this is us contributing to the internet right now. Oh, good point. I, uh, <laughs> great point. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, in, like, the review aggregates. Sure. Although I will say I do review podcasts that I value. Yeah. Which uh, is, of course your cue if you value us to rate and review us on itunes and also we have neglected thus far to tell you where you can email us oh yeah if you ever have uh you know either debugging concerns or just any other question for mark and i to discuss you can send an email to nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com um so yeah if you go to the if you always select the airship levels um first of all you get very good at the airship levels um second of all your um, enemy kill multiplier uh, goes up for the cannonballs and for those sense. little jumpy ninja guys, those mm-hmm. little stars, um, and the moles. Um, and so you can, your success rate, just your performance becomes better, your rewards for the same performance become higher, and you get toads from all across the spectrum. So just to explain what Toad Rush is, absolutely. Like, and um, yeah, you. You're running against a um, an AI opponent, right? Yeah, but it's not AI. It's somebody. It's like the ghost. You know how there's like those like ghost, like okay. in Mario Kart and stuff, where you're chasing mm-hmm. against. So here, here's the thing: is it actually like an actual recording of a previous person? I was going to ask you because I don't know because you can. So when I would go through a level and the person would beat me, mm-hmm. so basically what happens? You're in these like portions of the level mm-hmm. you're running through it you're trying to impress as many toads as you can Adorable. and collect as many toads as, as many coins as you can you mm-hmm. impress toads by like doing flips and backflips and like tricks and stuff like that right and like chaining jumps off of mm-hmm. uh, enemies, enemies. Yeah. and at the end of the level uh toadette tallies up you know who has the most coins and then also who got the most uh thumbs up from toads and then whoever had the most overall wins and they get some of your toads uh, you like lose toads and they gain them from you. Right. Now, uh, when you are selecting, like, you're matched up with opponents. Like, so you go to Toad Rush and it says, like, oh, here's like five or six. I can't remember the exact I number. I think it's five. Like, yeah. users who, uh, and it shows you how many toads they currently have. And then you, like, click on the one that you want to challenge. Right. And it's usually, a, I don't know exactly how they do the matchmaking because occasionally I'll log in and it's people who are around my level. You know, a number of toads. Right. And then sometimes I'll log in and it's like significantly more than my own. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes there's a good mix between the two. So it can be like, oh, somebody who's my level and then a challenge. But a lot of times it's like, I don't want to challenge anybody who has 1,200 when I have like 300. Yeah, I think it's okay though. So I, I ultimately, I don't think that it is. It's not like a level. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's so, I mean, it is showing how many um, toads the person has. But 
Um, the way uh, you know Toad Rush works, like like you said, you attract a certain number of toads. Your opponent attracts a certain number of toads, and whoever wins takes all the toads. Um, and so, like if I collect two and you collect uh, three, I give you my two toads. I lose two, you get five. Um, so that doesn't. It's it's easier to get them than it is to lose them, or you gain them in higher numbers than you lose them for like a. You know, if if we were just to reverse that, you know, you would only lose two, and I would, you know, what I'm saying. Like, um, it's it it's you lose at a slower rate than you gain. So I think if you just play Toad Rally, just forever, you'll net out. That makes sense. Raising it's kind of like of uh, it reminds me of in that sense. It reminds me of leveling up in Call of Duty, okay. where you could be like matched with people who are your same level. So you're all like level 32 or something. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're all the same skill level because just by nature of playing the game you get you will yeah. like level up so it could be somebody who's really bad but have just played a lot and so now they're level 32 versus right. you might be have been playing for like two days and now you're level 32 right um so to answer the question of whether they are it's ai or not i don't think it is but i don't know if it's mm-hmm. replays of i think it's replays of like people doing it in the past but i don't know how exactly how it works because you because i will lose to an opponent and then i will rematch them and they will get it's not the same ghost it's not the same because they will get less toads than they did the time before so can i tell you what i think it is please i i think it is ai based on your the behaviors of that person so like if it can tell that you prioritize um getting purple coins then the ai will go after the purple coins if it uh you're commonly killed by this uh koopa this koopa will kill you if um you do a lot of tricks then the ai does a lot of tricks that seems crazy to me like that seems needlessly complex i think it's just like flipping a couple switches and maybe even makes more sense just to send you know a couple um yes no um features instead of like sending the video essentially for uh like a whole playthrough of a level I, yeah maybe i mean i, mean, I very i really don't know so yeah. that very well could be true um i mean because i've done the thing where like it, it also uh favors your friends so like it'll match you up against your friends um and so like i've done the thing where i play against uh sarah and then i'm like hey look i beat you and it's like i don't think i actually did beat her i don't i don't think i had a better playthrough of the level than she did I, like i think it's i think the toad rally favors the player a little bit over the the ai the opponent yeah um not uh in to a, a crazy degree because like i you know i've been playing it a lot obviously <laughs> um but i still lose uh from time to time so um yeah i don't know i i, I think it i think it is uh it does favor the the player and which would require it to be ai and then and so one, once you get these toads you can go back to your kingdom mm-hmm. and your and they will begin to populate your kingdom right with toads and you build toad houses <laughs> i got a text from mark earlier in the week saying that you love the toads that roll around in the grass yeah there's just like <laughs> uh so you can build like uh, uh you know like pipes and the different colored houses for the different colored toads mm-hmm. that they can hang out in front of and trees and, and trees and like and statues mm-hmm. and just things like that did I, you get any of the uh um there were uh seasonal things released today oh i don't have an i don't have the required number of like toads oh, sure. in order to get it there's like a snow globe that was released today 
and a Christmas tree. And a Christmas tree and like uh, poinsettias. Yeah, I put poinsettias all <laughs> over my kingdom. So I saw somebody had, op- had like more than the one screen of the kingdom. Yes. Is that a thing that happens mm-hmm. when you get a certain number of toads? So when you, you can start to purchase rainbow bridges um to so you start off with just like the one screen and mm-hmm. then uh you get uh rainbow bridges that let you um start to build the the area to the left and the oh, area just to the right okay and then just below and then to the left and right of those wow um so there are five rainbow bridges in total and then there's also a thing that occasionally triggers and i can't remember how where it's like it shows you like a kingdom of the past and it has like the layout of how things oh use. yeah and i all i don't know i don't know what, what, that, is what that is and then you can level up your you get you your castle levels yep. up like the more the more toads you bring toads to you get there's also unlockables for players so uh you get my nintendo rewards specifically for playing super mario run mm-hmm. you get them for like uh beating a world in the regular game you get them for every day for doing toad toad rally, rally mm-hmm. and for winning three a day in toad rally and then you can use those to purchase um specific things like uh you get my nintendo rewards and then for like linking your my nintendo account mm-hmm. you can you unlock you toad. Get toad yeah yeah so you can run as toad and then there's also luigi uh peach yoshi yoshi and toadette toadette mm-hmm. and uh and then you can also get like co- coins, and I, I thought that was a cool integration of my Nintendo. Yeah, like I, a, I thought it was too. I thought it, it's it's a real neat way to um, both make this game matter to my Nintendo and my Nintendo matter to it. Yeah, and to encourage people who mm-hmm. you know don't have a Nintendo 3DS or a Wii U and never set up a my Nintendo account, right? Like, to set up a my Nintendo account. Um, I also think it's cool that the so to do a one you know round of Toad Rally you need to spend a Toad Rally ticket, um, and you can get Toad Rally tickets by uh, clearing levels or by collecting all the coins in a level. Um, but there are also things that you can buy for your kingdom, like you can buy giant uh, coin blocks, um, which are good to hit once a day that give you a bunch of uh, Toad Rally tickets. Um, and it, it maxes out Toad Rally tickets. You can only hold 99 at one time, just so you know. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I, I like that there's uh, like a little bit of a currency in there so that like if you are excited about Toad Rally, you have to like keep an eye on that too so that you always have the opportunity to keep playing it. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's, so, there's so much, like so many little things about the economy of this game, like the in-game economy of it. Um, that I find really compelling and exciting and that I keep coming back to. Now, it's interesting. We've talked almost exclusively about Toad Rally yeah. and like the Kingdom Builder aspect. We haven't talked at all really about yeah. like the, I guess what you would almost call like the game itself, even though that's not true. Like Toad Rally really is the game. I agree. And the, the tour is like, which tour, is what that's it, what it's called. Um, is... You would think I had never opened this. <laughs> I can't remember the name for anything. Mark, have you played that game? <laughs> uh, yeah, the the tour feels like it is the um, the tools that you use to play the rest of the game, mm-hmm. like um, you know the the campaign for Halo. Yeah, and then like you like okay, I'm done with that now. 
I guess I don't know why I need to use Halo. I'm an old man. My <laughs> examples are very old. Um, but like a but no, yeah, like uh, the campaign, Call of Duty, or even yeah. yeah, Call of Duty or yeah, Destiny, where right. it's just like yeah, you're getting the campaign. That's like that's the nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. Now you know how it works. You know what the levels look like. You know how the enemies move. You know how to approach all these uh, scenarios. Then you can implement it in Toad Rally, which is where it feels like the game starts to matter to the extent that any of it matters <laughs> um but yeah i'm you know like like i was saying like as for any time you you decide like oh i want to take this more seriously like the game meets you there and it's like you can take it more seriously yeah like the goal of super mario run is different from a mario game absolutely a regular mario or a traditional mario game is the challenges in getting to the end of the level mm-hmm and in Super Mario Run, Mario runs automa- like moves automatically. Yeah, he'll like, get there. He will. You will get in, especially the early levels. Mm-hmm. You will get to the end. Like in the ones that are available as a demo, you will get to the end. No, pro- like you'll just get to the end of these levels. Yeah, I I almost think that having those first three levels is like a bad, maybe even a, a little bit of a bad sampling. Like well, it, I I agree in the sense that. If people are expecting a traditional Mario game, mm-hmm. they'll be like, this is dumb because right. it's so easy. Right. And that was my initial impression. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how much I'm... When I played it in the Apple Store, I was like, I don't know how much I'm going to get out of this because it just seems very easy. Mm-hmm. The The challenges in getting... There's like three levels of coins. Uh, each level has five pink coins. Mm-hmm. And those are like uh, a little bit challenging to get. And then there's purple coins, which rate a little more challenging. And then black coins, mm-hmm. which are incredibly difficult to get. I, I think some of the black coins, two, two things I've discovered in, in my search for all the black coins, and I've got half of them so far. The oh, first wow. three worlds I've got. Um, is that, A, I don't think you can get all of them with Mario. I think you need to use oh, other, other characters. Because Luigi jumps a little higher, and the princess can float. Um, and the toads are uh, faster. Um, so I think having <clears throat> having their abilities, I know there are coins that I've gotten with Luigi that I think are out of Mario's reach. Um, but also, there is one black coin um, in a World Three level where you have to you have to use the bubble to like go back. So like you go through and like take one path and clear something, and then you have to bubble back and approach the top of the path um, to like execute on what you've set up below yeah so bubbles are an interesting mechanic because initially it just seems like continues or lives initially you seem like oh i only use these when i mess up Mm -hmm. but as you play it more and you like explore the levels and you're trying to get these pink purple and black coins Mm -hmm. you realize oh no i have to like the bubbles are a tool yes and they're like a finite resource to go back back and like and yeah you do use it when you make a mistake sometimes but sometimes it's like oh no i have to use the bubble here right in order to achieve my goal um and i think i i'm not sure how i feel about the level design sometimes okay uh because I don't know if it's part of like their attempt to make the levels repeatable, but it doesn't really make sense where the pink, purple, and black coins are, right? So I, it, it requires trial and error. Sure. It yeah. requires mm-hmm. running through a level 
you know, like uh, the first time you you can make it through a level and probably get all the pink coins. Yeah. You will not be able to run through a level the first time. And I don't think you'll really be able to get the purple coins because they will be in places where you're like, oh, like oh, I have to go. There. I have to go there. But I, and like the black coins, mm-hmm. especially. Oh, the black coins are hidden almost yeah like they, they so are it's frequently like, in um like non-question block blocks and, and but and they will also be in or like the purple coins will also be in places where um the level will almost like misdirect you mm-hmm. so you'll be like oh this is the path i should take and then the purple coin should be down there but there's no reason in a lot of mario games these like hidden things are hinted at in the level design right and you but that is not the case in super mario run right but i mean like when you're um, when you're getting to the point of like looking for the black coin, say you know you've been through that level, you're so familiar with the with the geography of the level that like it has to take you off the beaten path or like force you into the areas that aren't that aren't like where it expects you or where you expect to go. You yeah, know? I I agree with that. I guess my point is that um, exploration is not really. Uh, is less of a thing in Super Mario Run sure. because you don't have the freedom of doing it. And so, whereas, as like, think of Super Mario World where there's multiple, le- like, end exits mm-hmm. for a lot of levels. And a lot of times those exits are like, oh, my first time through, I saw right. this location that was, like, uh, weird or, you know, like, seemed to be a path I saw that I didn't a follow. Of coins. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not a thing in Super Mario Run. It's pure, it, the first time through. There's there's no indication right that something might be hidden. There's no indication right, and so there's less of that. Like, oh, this time I go through. I think I know where the black coin is because there's like this level of the section, the section of the level that I didn't explore. Right. Well, I mean, uh, where where I'll push on back on that a little bit is, um, you know, it it shows which black coin you pick up so like you know there are one two three four and five so like if you pick up the first black coin and then you grab another one and that's like the fourth one you're like okay somewhere between that first one that i grabbed and the fourth one there are two more hidden in there yes so you but, can like but there's to... no indication where yeah but it, yeah, i think you just start to like learn the the tricks of like where they hide them you know sure because um, like you said like they are even the purple some of the purple ones are hidden in yeah uh, in non-question in blo- blocks yeah in blocks, blocks. Mm-hmm. uh yeah and I don't know. I've I've had a a great time trying to trying to find them. Yeah, no, me too. Like it's uh not um it's not debilitating to the game. Sure. Like I I still enjoy it a lot and I'm not like I said I I have not gotten all of the purple coins, I don't think, and I've definitely not gotten all the I haven't even really started getting the black coins. Right. And I think I'm looking forward to that more than I am Toad Rally? Toad Rally. But that's just purely my personality. Man, just... Uh, I, I didn't think I would get super into Toad Rally either, but, like, I, I don't know. It it totally has its hooks in me. Also, if any of... I, I posted this on, on Facebook, but if any of our listeners want to be um, Super Mario Run friends, like, I'm way down. Oh, I yeah, w- we should post it on Twitter. We should post our... I think we should actually post the numbers in um in the episode description. Oh, that's a good idea. Um. So if you're just listening to this, like take a look at your phone. <laughs> we're putting we're putting our our friendship numbers in there. Um, oh, the the return of friend codes. Uh, yeah, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> I mean, I you texted me your friend code like with using the in game. Yeah, but it's weird because you. Yeah, you still gotta like. You write still have it to down. enter it. You can't. <laughs> you you can't like. You send a note like a text message to somebody. Yeah. 
and then they can't just like click the button and be friends with you yeah it's still not the cleanest (laughs) thing in the world but it's uh it's it's a little bit better i have been um friended by a few uh people who i feel like i don't know personally so if that if you're listening right now and we're, we're friends great thank you i uh i love seeing like the same names and uh people pop up over and over again i hope you're enjoying the game as much as i am uh so i just opened toad rally yeah or i just opened my kingdom and there are a there's a red and blue toad chasing each other around a blue pipe. Adorable. There is a red and blue toad toad sitting on top of a red pipe, telling each other stories and laughing. Apparently, they're old friends. Uh, um, there is a toad rolling around in the grass, which is my like favorite. I just find the kingdom adorable. I don't really understand the point of it, other than I guess building. That's where you put your stuff. Because I have so many coins. Yeah, me too. I've got so I've got forty seven thousand coins. Yeah, and so that's like another thing. Again, like all of this is set up for microtransactions easily. Yeah. They could make you they could make you pay for anything. Um and even just like if they just did it in like the kingdom building aspect where like, you know, you could buy more stuff to put around your kingdom, like I would be okay with that. I don't I don't need to it's it's a cute feature while it's here, but like I don't need to throw more money at it. Oh, yeah. Well, Nintendo has said that they, or I think just today, uh, in response to the Wall Street Journal article, or like mm-hmm. well, the Wall Street Journal asked them for comment A or comment. something. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they don't intend to add any more content to, I mean, it, it obviously with like the holiday items right. and stuff like that way, but it doesn't seem that we're going to be getting more levels in for World Tour. Yeah. I mean, for now. Yeah. Didn't they also say that about Smash? Um, that uh, when Smash Four was completed, they were like, "Man, that's it." Did they? I don't. I, don't I mean, I don't remember. I yeah. Um, I I don't remember there being any buzz about uh, DLC before um Mario Kart Eight came out. That's um, true. I don't think anybody expected that, and that had like the most robust um and cheap uh DLC of like anything. Oh, that was crazy. Was it, it was six? Uh, no, how much was it? Was like two seven dollar download two seven dollar packs and each one came with two new circuits which is eight tracks three characters a bunch of carts it was a really good dlc set um and i mean if, if they put out another world for this i would be over the moon um excited about it yeah because uh tour itself even when you're going for if you were going for just the pink coins doesn't take very long yeah like it really is in the purple and black ones right you'll be like spending your time but it feels very satisfying and i did not feel that way when we did the demo Mm -hmm. again i felt like it was kind of and i still feel like the physics are sometimes weird i think it's kind of forgiving in a way that is confusing it'll it'll kind of gravitate you back towards like if you're trying to pull off a chain of jumps it'll It'll yeah. it'll make those happen. For it'll you. make it happen. I still haven't really gotten used to that, so sometimes I will like jump. I will like mess it up because yeah. the game is like, no, 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 I got this, but I don't expect no, no, it I, to. I got you, boo. It's yeah. Nice. Uh, I downloaded it on my iPad. Yeah, and, I, I saw you tweeting about that a little yeah. bit. How how was that experience? Um, I just played it a little bit because I didn't find it very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does seem it, it looks fine on the iPad. Like it doesn't look like a up-resed sure. iPhone app, but it also doesn't feel... I Maybe if I, like, maybe if I was just had it sitting in my lap and was tapping with my index finger, 
Yeah. Uh, the tappable space on the iPad is a lot smaller. I mean, you can tap anywhere on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the devoted mm-hmm. tappable space is like huge on the phone. Yeah, which I like. But yeah, is, me too. Uh, you don't have to obscure anything. Yeah, yeah, not not the case on the iPad. Um, it's a in general, I feel like Super Mario Run is a okay looking game. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, yeah, it did. I mean when when you're in Toad Rally and a lot of stuff is happening at one time, it can be like overwhelming and like in that way is a is a cool spectacle. Like in a coin rush where there are coins popping out of pipes and yeah, like your yeah, opponent that's is cool. there and um like that can be uh like fun and uh spectacular in that way. But yeah, I mean it's just it's using the the new Super Mario art style, which is, you know, nothing nothing wonderful, um, but is functional. Did you what were your favorite types of levels in Tor? Uh, my favorite types of levels in Tour, I really liked <laughs> What Sorry, I, I know you were just like considering thinking, the question, yeah. and so you repeated it back. But it just reminds me of like in third grade when you would write essays, and it, and you were learning my to... favorite levels in tour. <laughs> no, but by you were like Patrick Ellis. Yeah, you were learning to how to answer questions in, and so it would be like what, and so you would learn like repeat the question back in your answer. So it's like you know, what's your favorite cookie? My favorite cookie is yes. <laughs> um. I like uh, 4-1, which is the... I'm looking at it right now. Um, which is the uh, castle level that has the big, like, um, the, like, razor blades. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, man. 3-2, the, the bullet level. Um, we had to bounce off bullet bills. I like that a lot. The What I thought was really cool and interesting about this was oh, you gave very specific answers mm-hmm. uh, um i'm sorry no no no, that's great i meant like uh uh one thing i thought was very cool about this is that they still managed to have different level types like not yeah. everything felt the same mm-hmm. like uh, the ghost houses feel the very ghost different. houses specifically is like what i was thinking of like i ended up really liking those levels i think the ghost house levels are great in tour and a huge bummer in in rally yeah uh, yeah, I agree with that. Because they're because the co- coin totals you will get in a ghost house are very low, super low, and there's nothing to kill either. So like yeah. you you don't get big score multipliers, and you don't really get a chance to show off for those toads. And I love showing off for toads. <laughs> and you you have to the kind of the cool thing about the ghost houses is it has it their own unique learning curve mm-hmm. um, because they're a little complicated. And there's a moment there are moments where like. Oh, the key is inside this ghost, and, and you so you have to like you have to do a backflip, but then you have to figure out how to do the back. You know, like right. you have to figure that out that you can backflip over, and then it, the ghost disappears, and you uh, can retrieve the coin or right the key, and just like things like that made it made the ghost houses actually my favorite levels in the tour mm-hmm. because they felt like puzzles. Yeah, they and felt they like are. I was like yeah. solving puzzles in a way that even the cool like airship levels didn't feel no i mean the the airship levels are almost more like a uh like a bullet hell kind of thing where you're just avoiding all of the uh projectiles coming at you let's see if bullet hell is in the uh, has to be has to be in the glossary of terms bullet yep a type of shoot 'em up fine <laughs> <clears throat> where generally the player must dodge an overwhelming an overwhelming large number of enemies and their projectiles okay okay i would say overwhelmingly large well, it's a wiki, so you can edit it. Ooh, we're going to make this adjective an adverb, y'all. <laughs> um, 
final thoughts on Super Mario Run. Um, is there, I mean, y- you and I have been saying, like, it's a no-brainer buy it since well before it came out because it's only $10. How do you think this fits in, like, the pantheon of, of Mario games? Is it recommendable to um, everyone, to people who play games, to people who don't play games? What do you think, Mark? I think it's not... Super Mario Run is, to my mind, not comparable to a traditional Mario game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to its credit that Nintendo didn't try to make a traditional... Uh, it's, they took what mobile phones are good at mm-hmm. and what, how people use them, like playing one, you know, like one-handed use, and made this game... I think it's fun. I've enjoyed it. I think for us and for fans, it's a no-brainer at $10. Yeah. Having paid $10 and being fine paying $10 for it, I don't know that my personal opinion is that it's worth $10. Okay. I, I think at 6 or 7 it makes a lot more sense. For some reason, even... That like ten dollar like barrier feels like a lot, uh-huh. or that you know that like being like oh ten dollars, even though it's not, it's like it's it's not, it's not very a lot much, of money. yeah. Uh, and I think for somebody like you who's like super into Toad Rally, mm-hmm. it makes total sense. I, I mean, I know there are a ton of full price retail sixty dollar games that I've played for less time and enjoyed less than I played this game this weekend. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't think I, I can quantify it or would sure. probably be embarrassed to quantify it. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm sure I've put eight, nine, ten hours into this game already, um, which is a, is a steal. Really. Yeah. No, and so I think like any video game, there are people that it yeah. is going to be like great for. I don't regret buying it. I personally do feel like $10 is a little bit overpriced, but I'm not mad about it. Um, I think what makes it difficult is that the first the levels that they give you as a demo don't really explain to you what this game is good at. Yeah. Unless I agree. you go searching for it. Because you don't have access to Rally, you Toad Rally. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have access to the Kingdom thing. You aren't really they don't direct you to try to get the purple coins or the pink coins, right? You know, like, so there's, they don't tell you that, oh, if you get the pink coins, it opens up purple coins, it opens up black coins. Um, I don't Well, and I I think there's, there's also just like a, a history in like the Mario games of the coins almost being expendable, right? Like we live in a post lives uh, video game landscape, right? Where like the number of lives that you collect don't don't really matter you're going to be able to continue indefinitely anyway so like scraping together a hundred coins to get one extra life is meaningless almost yeah um and that this game like no you want to collect the coins because that's the point of it that is the game yeah and i don't know that nintendo in the game itself has done a very did a very good job of messaging Mm -hmm. that um because there is a demo or there like there's a forced tutorial yeah right at the beginning and slow start this game but also never mentioned never mentioned that like the 
that you should be gathering, you know, uh, the pink coins and that you want, you know, like, and that's where the challenge comes from. Right. And I think that's kind of a mistake. Uh, I think for a lot of people, this, like, at, I, uh, $10 makes total sense. <laughs> I'm happy I pen ten, pen paid $10. Right. I think there's a lot of value here. I think it's a good game. I think the, if you're, I, I, but I can't tell you to download the demo and decide based on that whether you'll enjoy it, does, it or not it, right, it because seem... it, it does a bad yep. job of that and so i think that's a problem yeah i mean uh yeah i'll, I'll agree with that 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 is a problem i guess for me like ten dollars feels like an appropriate um like cost to sample a game to me mm-hmm. you know that like at ten dollars, I'm not like, oh, I bought this. You know, like ten dollars, it's just such little money. That's less than any amiibo in this house. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just not it's just not a a significant investment in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Also, it's been super fun. Um, I I you know, have a handful of friends that have uh you know gotten this thing and um paid the $10 and so they're on my friends list and I can see how they're doing in Toad Rally. I can see how people are playing the game because you can click on everyone's profile, see how many coins they have, how many purple coins, Toad stuff. And just like seeing seeing Mark pop up as one of my Toad Rally opponents is fun. It is fun. It is fun. Um, and, you know, there was a, a stretch on Sunday when Sarah and I were both playing, <laughs> both playing this game at the same time, not speaking to each other, except for the occasional like, Oh hey, I'm racing against you right now. Or hey, I just beat you. I don't know. It's it's fun, and she's beating me in Toad Rally right now. Probably getting more toads in the other room <laughs> as we speak. Yeah. So you know, even though I um maybe like dumb quibbles about the price, you know, like six, seven, ten dollars. I think you're obviously not dumb quibbles though, because like I, I think that's I think that is resonating with a lot of people. I don't think you're the only one saying that. But I agree with you that at like ten dollars is not a huge investment Mm. and so if you're curious like i think it's worth the ten dollars yeah like i uh but it is one of those things that you in order to get the value of it you have to it the game will meet you halfway but you have to put the work in yeah i think that's right there's no when you beat when you beat quote unquote the tour Mm -hmm. there's no sense of accomplishment Right, because like it, when you it, beat it for the first time, it more or less no, happens by, its, yeah, by itself. There's yeah. zero sense of accomplishment. So by and so going in expecting a traditional Mario game, I think you will be disappointed. Sure, you just have to expect something more arcadey and more you know score rush. Kind yeah, of, kind but, of based. but overall, I think it's a a really strong first entry for Nintendo on mobile. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do for Fire Emblem oh, and man. Animal Crossing. I'm I'm very excited about Fire Emblem. I will check out. I'll check out whatever they do. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Which you could probably just uh, sum up our reviews right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's move on out of our Super Mario Run review. Actually, I guess we'll stay on the topic of Super <laughs> Mario Run. This is a second longer. Um, I we we didn't we didn't have any uh, people email questions about Super Mario Run. Um, but I did uh, put some feelers out on Facebook to see if anyone had any questions. Uh, and we have a a question from Sarah, um, saying, uh, what uh, what are, are there any of the 
I guess if you haven't spent a lot of time in, in uh, the, the Kingdom Builder, that this will be a hard question to answer. But are there any of the buildings or decorations or anything like that in um, the Kingdom Builder that you're excited to get, even if it's stupid? I mean, I uh, did all the my Nintendo rewards so I could get the giant Mario gold statue. <laughs> which I think it's funny that there's like Mario statues in general. It just feels like such like a dictator type thing. Yeah. Like a giant statue of Stalin right. in the middle of it. <laughs> We're going to have to take it down. <laughs> yeah. to pull it down. Um, I was really excited. There are, there are regular toad houses, houses and posh toad houses <laughs> which are just like a little bit nicer they have a garden i also really like that there's uh like a special level mm-hmm. that you can get from collecting all the pink coins there's from collecting all the pink coins and, oh and okay black. yeah yeah you collect all the pink coins and there's like a, a level that you put in your kingdom and you can play it and get earn coins that way and it's like fairly difficult it you know has like a bigger difficulty curve than some of the other levels yeah it's just like a fun little like extra surprise that they throw in there yeah um yeah i i agree with all of and that. you like earn hammers that uh like clear out them thwomps yeah yeah there's when you first get your kingdom there's two thwomps there and i'm assuming in the other ones there probably yeah, are as well right. But uh, you like earn the hammers and have to use them, and you can move things around in your kingdom and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to work to get to the holiday special ones, like the snow globe. Yeah, you should do it. I yeah. mean, I, I I bought all of it, so um, obviously I'm I'm very excited about this. Uh, other questions. David Zwick asks, uh, "How about we discuss the question? Why am I not into it?" So he's not into Super Mario Run. Uh, why do we think David's not into Super Mario Run? I I mean, it, it's not. It really is not a game for everybody, right? Uh, I mean, I had my friend Danny who mm-hmm. tried it at the Apple Store and was like, absolutely not. He he found it too stressful for like Mario to always be running and oh, like not being able to control. Um, and again, you have to be into that arcadey type mm-hmm. of like gameplay where you're the goal of it is just like besting yourself yeah. yeah it's just like besting mm-hmm. you and doing better and it's not for everyone like i you know like somebody who's like i don't like super mario but brothers three you're an idiot right that's somebody a, that's a wrong opinion yeah somebody not liking super mario run i totally respect that sure i yeah i i, I think that's absolutely right i do however think that uh there is an element of well no i'm not gonna say it. it's 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 not fair to say like you're you're not trying you're not giving the game a fair enough chance but i i I do think um that if you are like willing to put the work in like i've been saying um the game will meet you at that level i i think that's only but i think that's only true no i think that's only true if you enjoy this type of game sure i think if you're you know like uh that is where the content come from comes from is by doing that work yeah but the game itself the mechanics are pretty apparent and i i think it's totally reasonable to not like the mechanics of this game all right well i think david's a monster and you <laughs> you sympathize with monsters i guess <laughs> uh one, one last question from uh from jen kleinrock uh these are silly questions so i think jen provided us with silly questions before I think about Luigi's Mansion. Th- those are the only kinds of questions she will ever provide. <laughs> um, she asks, what is Mario running from? 
And follow-up question, what does he have to hide? No, he's not running from anything. He's running towards uh, the cake that Princess Peach... He, I mean, I think... I mean, he's running towards trying to rescue Princess Peach. Sure. In, in uh, like, my experience of the game, he's running to impress Toads, man. <laughs> he seeks that Toad approval. Mm. We don't all have secrets to hide, Jen. Yeah, some of us just want everyone to like us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, remember, if you have any questions for us at any time. Or split spoilers. That's right. There, there's still time for uh, spoilers from the M. Night Shyamalan movie Split, mm-hmm. which it sounds like Mark is going to go see now. <laughs> Only because I was invited by somebody. I'll put you on blast. <laughs> <laughs> I was invited by somebody. We were, we went to see Rogue One. Yeah. Um, we were with our friend. He, uh, There was a poster for Split. Patrick brought up the fact that I'm dying <laughs> for Split spoilers. I was keeping it, I was keeping it to myself. Yeah, I, was keeping it I don't to think so. We put out this podcast every week. Yeah, but not everybody listens <laughs> okay. to this podcast. All right, fair enough. And uh, anyways, there's a, there's a good chance I'll end up seeing the movie, but that doesn't mean I don't want to be spoiled. In I fact, do. In fact, I think that makes the spoilers even better if we can get even them Even more in. pressing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can send those to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And of course, any other questions uh, that we can talk about or if you want to correct us on anything always to that email address um follow us on twitter at nincart society you can check out our facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society uh and you know if you have a second please rate review and subscribe on itunes yeah this uh contest that we talked about last week is still going to happen oh at some yeah point. let's talk about this phantom contest some more. <laughs> it's going to happen i guarantee it it is already happening yes right? oh yeah yeah, yes. yeah yeah leave us a five-star review and uh, I think you actually have to like write something so we can see what your username is. That's right. Um, and if you already have, uh, drop us a line at our email or on Twitter and let us know so we can eventually we can put you in. include you in that. <laughs> yeah, in the contest. It, this is a that soft, is going to happen. It is going to happen. It's a soft promise for a prize. There will be a prize. There will be a prize, and it'll be pretty good. Right. It'll be like approximately hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Approx. 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 Yeah um also while you're checking out stuff on itunes uh you can check out um anything else on the what's a creative podcast network i mean we've we've mentioned jen kleinrock a couple of times i think it's about time we plug your other podcast on the what's a creative network sure i feel it a little gauche but i will plug my own other podcast which is uh the my name is weezer podcast hosted by me and jen kleinrock where we talk about everything that weezer has recorded and every side project related to weezer um it is a, a delightfully nonsensical and focused on Weezer show. Um, but there are a bunch of good shows on there, so uh, check them all out. And if you like uh, hearing Mark and I ramble on about um, pop cultural things, uh, you can check out our comic book reviews on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. 8-Bit Betty uh, wrote our theme music. And if you uh, like 8-Bit Betty, you can check out more of his music on 8 or by listening right now... <sighs> for my co host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thanks for listening.
Creative Podcast Network.